Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. When I was employee number two, you know, came in to this new company working with these hotshot execs. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm 22 years old. Don't really yeah. know what I'm doing here. Like, I'm not an expert at all. I think the big thing is just sucking it up. I needed to, you know, belly up to the bar. My name is Esprit Devora host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create The Women in Tech Show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. I call it actionable empowerment. Every single episode, you'll hear the story of a fantastic woman in tech, from engineers to founders to investors to journalists to designers, all sorts of different females in tech who have thrived. I want to share their stories with you so that you can know what resources, mentors, and life situations they accessed in order to get to where they are today. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Women in Tech podcast, where we celebrate women in tech around the world. And you know what's great? When a woman in tech celebrates me back. And so I have Olivia here with me, Olivia from SpyCloud, who has been so helpful in helping me put together the Austin, Texas Women in Tech interviews here at Impact Hub. So grateful for how you've gone out of your way, time, energy, resource to make the Women in Tech show happen. Thank you so much. Of course. (laughs) So go ahead introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Okay. Yeah. My name is Olivia Fritt. Um, I am a cybersecurity researcher and intelligence analyst at SpyCloud here in Austin. Um, And I'm relatively new to the workforce. I graduated college in 2016. Sorry to think. So I've been (laughs) out of school for two years. But I've been uh, having a good time here at this startup. (laughs) So, okay, just to fill you guys in a little bit, Olivia and I had the treat to go grab coffee yesterday. And I was trying to hold my tongue because I wanted to ask her all these questions. But one of the things I found out, and I was just stunned, is Olivia was the second employee of a company that now has how many people on staff? I think we've got close to 24, I want to say. And and you're relatively a new professional. Yes, So that's really exciting. Can we start there? Yeah, yeah. Like, what's that like, and how did you discover this job? And that's just really cool. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. Well, I mean, it's definitely very lucky, and I think just, like, so blessed and just kind of knowing the right people. But, um, well, so back in high school, I always really wanted to get into the intelligence community. So, like, my end goal was always to be, like, a spy with the CIA. (laughs) Which is crazy. But um, and then in between my senior and junior years, I was lucky enough to find a cool internship in like the cybersecurity domain. But um, it was the field with the field intelligence team at Hewlett Packard. Um, And I met some really wonderful people, including my current director, who is Jason Lancaster and Ted Ross, who is currently the CEO of SpyCloud and another one of my coworkers. And so I was really just so intrigued with what we did that summer and um, learned so much about like the more cyber domain of security. And so that's like the big changing point for me, like a really pivotal point from going from wanting to be a spy and in the field and doing intelligence to more 
online and like technical security. And so um, I was offered a full-time position after my internship with HP and started my career with Hewlett Packard right after I graduated. And then about a month after I started work there, um, Ted actually pulled me aside because we were both in Austin. Right. And he was like, I'm starting this cybersecurity startup. It's a really cool company. Um, and you did really well for us at HP and we're interested in having you join the team. And I think originally I was going to be joining to do some more like more marketing type sales stuff, um, which was not my forte when I first joined <laughs> on. And so I think I was ultimately able to, with the help of Jason and my other coworker, like prove myself to be a good security researcher. And so that is what I'm focused on here. And um, it's been quite a journey. <laughs> I just, I like, I love the culture that SpyCloud has. I, I mean, That's I've awesome. got, I've had the the privilege to meet your team and meet your the founder of your company and like CEO. I like, I just, I love the culture. Yeah, it's really really great. Your team is awesome. Oh, your team, yeah, you. <laughs> your 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 executives bought the whole team scooters to ride around on. Yes, yes, like electric oh scooters. Your team is awesome. <laughs> it's really oh, it's so fun, and it really is a family. It's kind of like a joke around here. We've got the Spy Cloud family, but really, I would. Like, I know that I can tell Jason anything, and he's, like, such a wonderful mentor to me. And I feel the same way about Ted and all of my other coworkers, too. And it's really cool being around such intelligent people in an environment that's challenging but helps you to, like, better yourself, not only professionally but, you know, personally and holistically yeah. as well, too. It's a really – it's a wonderful place to work. And we're here at Impact Hub, which is this really cool co-working space in Austin. Why choose – Impact Hub to make your headquarters. I mean, I, I'm. Uh, I think you mentioned you're taking up the like you're the biggest company are, in here. Yeah. But why be inside a co-working space nonetheless versus having your own private office? Uh, you know, I think that's just mostly a decision that the execs made. Um, Ted, in particular, it's like somewhat, I guess, a joke amongst the company that he really likes the coffee shop feel. Um, <laughs> there's even like we have a one of our coworkers, Jerry, was joking one of the other days, saying about how we are getting so much bigger yeah. and we kind of want to look for more of a dedicated space. But Ted really enjoys the coffee shop feel. Yeah, and Jerry's like, what if we just hire? some random people that come in <laughs> day and like sit around and pretend like they're working and then they can leave and Ted can get his coffee shop feel. But it's just such a fun, unique vibe. And I think that it fits into Austin very well, yeah. too. And it also helps that everybody lives so close. Totally. Like Ted Scooters to work yeah. every day. <laughs> we ran it. We, uh, Olivia and I went to go get coffee yesterday and he like strolled by on the scooter with, yes. his, with his helmet. <laughs> yes, <laughs> of course. No, that was... He told everybody, he's like, we're getting scooters. You have to sign these waivers. If you don't have a helmet, we will buy you a helmet. <laughs> Safety first. Uh, love it. <laughs> we're still a bunch of nerds at heart. <laughs> so walk me through your day-to-day. -day. What, what does your job look like? It So most of the time, it's pretty different. And I think that that's just kind of part and parcel of being at a startup. And so your job, again, it's it's long. It's researcher and like... And intelligence analyst. Researcher and intelligence yeah, analyst. So yeah, so our team for... So again, I'm on the research team. Right. Um, and I would split our team, I guess, into two different parts, which is either human intelligence or botnet hunting. Right. Um, and I've had the luxury of, with being employee number two, being able to do both of that. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why... That's kind of part of the intelligence analyst, I guess, role is more of the human intelligence, which is directly interacting with criminals online um, and trying to 
recover data from them that they've stolen from people. Um, and then my other coworker, Jiga, and I have really been focusing on botnet hunting recently, which is more of kind of a technical automated um, process. And so that's what I've been focusing on mostly as of now. Um, and so mostly, again, lucky me um, being <laughs> 24 in this company has had the opportunity to build out a really cool platform. And so most of my day-to-day is taking care of this botnet hunting platform and yeah. making sure everything's updated or writing new code for it and um, researching also to different botnet families and um, gathering information on it. What choices do you think you made throughout your life from childhood, high school, college that led to an accelerated early success in propelling yourself forward. I know you're probably not where you want to be eventually, but it sounds like you're pretty confident that you're further along than you even expected to be. Oh, yeah. Oh, I never would have expected myself to be here. I think it's so funny looking back because, like, I think that back in high school, I would have assumed that I'd be in grad school trying to get into the CIA. Yeah. Like, that's, <laughs> like, where I would have seen myself here if I had not been, like, in the military somewhere. Um, but... I guess, like, first off, I've always been interested in tech. Like, back in middle school, um, my friends and I all were on this, like, kind of gaming platform website, Neopets. (laughs) All of my friends played the games on Neopets, whereas I enjoyed it because they gave you, like, a free user profile that you could, like, design your own. So I was able to teach myself HTML and CSS and, like, decorate it how I wanted. Totally sounds like my MySpace days. Exactly. No, exactly. (laughs) It's just the nerdy version of MySpace. But um, (laughs) And so, like, I've always been interested in tech. And then also, too, I have two, like, really wonderful parents who have given me some, like, great guidance. And um, my dad's very much so into like his engineering um, profession and as a woman has never I don't know has always instilled in me and that like I can do anything a guy can do so I've never been intimidated by going into the tech industry Um, and I think I really like do a lot give a lot of that to him Um, and then in addition to that I guess both my mom and dad have been really good at instilling me and like taking any opportunity that you can right and so like one example of that is that I was didn't expect to get into the school that I was getting into and um, for college. Yeah. And it was in New York State. And that was like really far away from yeah. small Midland, Texas. Um, and it was really nervous accepting that. But I did. And that was one of the greatest opportunities. And then, um, you know, accepting an internship and in something that like wasn't quite what I wanted to do at the time, right. but like looked cool. So just taking advantage of anything that's available, I think. So you just said yes a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So interesting. I'm, know, cur- I'm currently in this mode where I'm blessed. saying no more. <laughs> but uh, you, no, but you get both takes. Yeah. Exactly. They're both good for different reasons. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I know. There, I mean, I would say, too, and you could probably agree to this from yeah. our conversations yesterday, that there have been times when I've said yes, just like too much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just get overwhelmed. Yeah. And so finding that good like medium is kind of uh, difficult and takes time. Yeah. But I think, yeah, just accepting opportunities, even if they make you feel uncomfortable, yeah. has been what's really pushed me along. I want to dive into that a little bit more. Because you come off so confident to me and you're really on the ball. I mean, our email exchanges have been awesome. Do you ever have a moment where you felt I'm not good enough or you were a little apprehensive about taking an opportunity because you questioned if you 
we're worthy or even capable of being able to be the right person for that opportunity? Yes, I have. Um, I find that I mostly get those feelings, which like this may not be the best thing, but I feel like sometimes I get those feelings after I've taken an opportunity. Like I'm really good at pushing myself and being like, I think I can learn this. Um, And then, I mean, even SpyCloud is an example when I was employee number two, you know, came in to this new company working with these hotshot execs. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm 22 years old. Like, don't really know what I'm doing here. Like, I'm not an expert at all. Um, And then I think the big thing is just, like, sucking it up. And if you want to be here and if, like, I wanted to stay at SpyCloud, I needed to, you know, belly up to the bar and teach myself things that can be good to a company. And I think a good part of that, too, is then finding mentors that can guide you. And I've done that here as well, too. Um, But, yeah, I think most of the time my apprehensiveness comes after I've accepted something. (laughs) The reason why I ask is a lot of of people ask me. I think I even told you this. You've interviewed hundreds and hundreds of women in tech around the world. What's the thing they all have in common? What have you realized? And unfortunately – the thing that ma- the majority of us have in common is we don't feel enough mm-hmm. oftentimes or we're afraid. I get so many – oh, there's here's one. I get so many, you know, women who say, oh, I'm not interesting enough for the podcast. You shared yesterday – I want to ask it. I already, I already know the answer, you guys. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna pretend. I'm gonna act for a second. Is this your first podcast? Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what gave you the courage or the confidence to be like, yeah, I want to do it. Like, there's nothing hesitant about you. You oh, are, thank you. You're very joyful and vibrant and forward movement, forward moving. And an execute way execute. She's like emailing me like ten something, eleven something oh, at night. I'm like, yeah. why are you still on work emails? <laughs> oh God, I know. I like again. I think a big thing that that boils down to is I've just had some really wonderful people in my life that have made me feel like I am enough. Like immediately when I heard about the podcast, Ted emailed me and he was like, "Livy, you have to do this." And yeah. so like to hear that from your CEO is pretty freaking great. Oh. Yeah, and so then like. My immediate thing, too, like, my mom and I are really close. And I was like, Mom, oh, my God, like, I'm so nervous about this. Like, should I do this? About this? Like, yes. No. Oh, yes. oh yeah. Like, really? Yes. The you know, I get I get an email from Ted, and he's like, you got to do it. And, like, your CEO tells you you got to do a podcast. You got to do a podcast. Yeah. And, um, and I was like, like, I know this is a really cool opportunity. But, yeah, like, I'm really new to the industry. I don't necessarily know if, yeah. you know, like, if you were to ask me some really intense cybersecurity questions, would I know how to answer those in the best way? Yeah. I'm not sure. And so I was like, come on. Like, this is an incredible opportunity. Yeah. And so just to have kind of the reinforcement and that people be like, yeah, like, we believe in you. That's, I think, what pushes me along. Luckily, I don't know the very intense questions about cybersecurity. No, <laughs> So, so the old still learning. <laughs> yeah. So you don't have to worry about that. Yeah. But uh, I love it. Like, I find it really refreshing. Like, I wish more of us, including me, you know, like felt enough. Like, I wish I had the afterthought like, oh, hey, just took this effort. I wonder if I'm enough. Like, you know, I, I wish it was the afterthought instead of the pre-thought because maybe we would then be exposed to what we're capable of more often and see that it's no big deal. Yeah, absolutely. I know. I think, yeah, I've just been very lucky with the people I've had in my life and the support system and stuff. There are times when I think in feeling maybe like not bad about success, but there are some times when I'll 
be like driving down the road and see somebody, I don't know, like working really hard in a yard. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, wow, I'm so blessed. I'm 24 and have this like incredible job and don't have to be working in the heat. Like things like that do bother me. Like, do I deserve this now? Um, But that's something, yeah, I'm like working on too. But But I also think that's really lovely that you have human connection and appreciation for what you have and that you have perspective. And um, yeah, I think it's great that you you keep in check how how much abundance you have in your life. Thank you. You I try. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Let's get back into SpyCloud specifically. Um, I know we talked about this a little bit right at the beginning, but what does SpyCloud do and who does SpyCloud specifically serve? Um, So I guess the best way I would describe SpyCloud is we're kind of a um, data recovery and data monitoring company. Um, So the idea behind SpyCloud is that you know, databases get hacked by criminals um, pretty much daily. And um, in addition to that, you know, there's plenty of pieces of malware out there that's just constantly collecting and stealing really private information from people. And so um, as a company, we're attempting to go in and recover that information. Again, like I said, either through human intelligence or um, maybe even some open source kind of intelligence or automated technical botnet hunting, mining, whatever it may be. Um, and then we attempt to return that information to its rightful owners, to those that were, it like had the information stolen from it and let them know that they have been breached in whichever way. Um, and in addition to gathering just a number of intelligence artifacts and feeding that into like law enforcement and right. helping them with um, their stuff. So I think generally our audience are um, just businesses of any kind, you know, if they want to keep their employees in check, because I, you know, that's an unfortunate case when you have an employee who's been breached and um, their username and password is used to log into your corporate system. Uh, so I think that's those probably our target. But I mean, it can be used even for individuals too. I use SpyCloud. I'm signed up for it to like figure out if my email is ever in a breach or if any of my um, credential information has been stolen from me. Wait, wait, <laughs> wait. First of all, you're talking to a girl who just got like malware hacked like three times in the last you month did? and a half. Yeah. And it's really embarrassing. You for Spy Club. <laughs> uh, it's really embarrassing because like the first time I was interviewing Microsoft executives and it was a Microsoft executive is like, I think your site's hacked. I'm like, well, that's embarrassing. You know, second time, it's someone who's like trying to recommend me to like speak at their conference sites hacked. Like I'm like and they're like, uh, you're it's saying you're a porn site. I was like, what? <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh, my so, gosh. And then um, my friend is a web developer he's like you gotta like make sure that stops happening or your google rankings gonna be like sabotaged you know and so uh yeah so what i didn't know that spy cloud could even serve a a little video girl like me like what's that about like i just give you guys my email address and you tell me am i cool yeah (laughs) yeah pretty much i mean is it like cool like the fonz or like (laughs) Just, oh I, I get it out myself. It. <laughs> um, yeah, no, pretty much. Like I'm, 
not on the sales side, so I'm not exactly sure like what the pricing is or anything for no, that. No, just as a customer, but like for yeah, you, yeah, as a customer, a hundred percent. You can just like go in and um, we do have individuals signed up. You can submit an email address. You can submit a domain, and we can watch for that domain and breaches. We can watch for your email address and breaches. Um, and then same thing with like larger businesses. We've got some really large businesses that are signed up for us, and they're monitoring um, not only their employees but some of their customers as well too. So like if it's a large site and they're having criminals that are stealing mm. their you know customers' yeah. information and logging in, they're letting like they're using SpyCloud to check yeah. to see if we've caught anything on them and then yeah. let their customers know. It's primarily huge companies, but it I is, was surprised yes. to hear that you even as an individual can just yeah. Mm-hmm. And now why do something something like that versus uh you know. As an indie person, the, the uh, services GoDaddy offers, like what's the difference in working with a company outside your do- your domain host? Mm-hmm. I think we're just really focused on what we're doing. Yeah. And that's why. It's your core business. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, clearly I'm a little biased, but I think yeah. we're the best. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and I yeah. think that's – it's just our main focus. Yeah. And every day, especially like my research team, we just like – eat, you know, sleep and breathe yeah. cybersecurity and um, looking into finding credentials and, you know, giving information back to people that they've been stolen and trying to stay on the ball with some of the criminals on the underground, whether that be, you know, communicating with them in groups constantly or like keeping up to date on forums or, yeah, yeah looking at new bonnet or malware that's been let out. So it's just our, our specialty. <laughs> that's awesome. No, that, make, that makes sense. And OK, so jumping back to here in Austin, like, what is it like being a part of a company that went from two to 20? What was it like at two versus what is it like at 20? And I'm sure you're going probably from 20 to 40 to 100, like in no time. What's that been like? I, so, I mean, it's been just a blur. So I really, I'm having a hard time even, I think, comparing. Um, When I first came on, and employee number two, I know, like, for me personally, I had somewhat of a difficult time figuring out where to fit in best for the company and, like, be as productive as possible because, again, there we had three founders and two employees. So there were five of us right. trying to, like, build up this company. Yeah. Um, and so definitely at that point, I wore a bunch of different hats. Um, so not only just kind of on the research side, but also doing some phone calls and whatnot for yeah. the company. And then as we grew out, I think I guess I got a little bit more specific in mm-hmm. my aim. Um, and I definitely think that my current director helped a lot with that too. Um, but yeah, I think that's like pretty much the big thing. And it's just been more and more fun. Every time we've hired on somebody, we've <laughs> like really got such a great group of people here. Um, what, uh, do you ever miss the intimacy of five people versus 20 or how does your team maintain company culture? I don't, so I wouldn't say I miss five. I think I'm really happy with the size right now. Um, and I'm one of those people like, which is kind of probably surprising, but I'm a little more averse to change. Yeah. And so anytime in particular, like if we want to hire on somebody in my division, I'm like, yeah. oh, like, I don't know if they're going to like change the culture, you know, are they going to be okay enough for us kind of a thing. But everybody we've hired on has been so wonderful yeah. and I don't see the culture changing too much. Yeah. And I, I know that those in leadership positions take 
the hiring process and culture in particular really importantly, Um, which— It's a tough one as you grow. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And I know that it's been a bit of a struggle for um, some of them trying to find the right people, but I appreciate as an employee the fact that they are being so, you know, particular about who they hire on for that reason. What is an obstacle that you've successfully overcome and what did you learn from it? I'm trying to think of like a big one because I've got like I'm again been very blessed. I feel like I haven't had too many like hardships. Um, I guess one that like sticks out the most to me, which is kind of crazy is again, like I said, I went to um, Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute up in New York and um, I'm from Colorado originally and then we moved to a small town in Texas and I acclimated pretty well to um, Texas and wasn't expecting to get it or wasn't expecting to get an RPI and right. did get accepted and um, decided I was going to go. And yeah. again, I was like really pumped to go. And then I realized <laughs> that I was going to be going up there and kind of freaked out <laughs> yeah. like the day before. Yeah. And, um, you know, going up and I was just so nervous about the differences in culture. Uh, but once I got up, again, realized with the help of my parents that really needed to embrace kind of this opportunity and get involved in as many things as I could. Right. And um, I did end up doing that RPI, which is great. I got involved in the sorority, started playing volleyball, and then now I just miss it all the time and (laughs) all my friends. Um, But I think that it was hard being really far away and it was not an easy trip back or two there. I think it was like a whole day's journey kind of a thing. And then there were times too, like, New York's just such a snowy place. I'd be stuck up there for Thanksgiving, yeah. you know, not be able to make it home. But um, very different from yeah. But from Texas. I think just like <laughs> it, trying to embrace it and like be as positive as I possibly could about the situation. And I mean, it was a wonderful opportunity too. I think something that's come up a couple times um, from you is that um, you've had a very fluid path and you've used the word luck. But in knowing you for a really short time, I I believe that you've created your luck you. because there's just nothing lazy about you. Um, it Thank seems you. like you're constantly attentive and forward moving and I don't think everybody is. So when you're that type of personality, of course, you're going to have more luck occur, occur because you're creating it all the time and then about the fluidity you've left a lot of comfortable situations in order to explore an unfamiliar opportunity so I don't know I just I don't see it as like um I see the strengths is what I'm saying thank you regardless of like what's worked out or what seems simple or whatever you still had to make the choice to leave a place of comfort to a complete unknown and a lot of us don't have the courage to make that leap Mm mm-hmm yeah. yeah. Well, thank you. I know. And I do. <laughs> I think a lot of that is I'm just like, oh, my gosh, this would be such a great idea. And then, yeah, it happens or like right before it happens, I freak out, but I still do it anyway. <laughs> but thank you. Yeah, of course. And so you said you grew up with tech in your house and um, and then it led to where you are today. Um, what's your dream? Where do you want to be tomorrow? Oh, my gosh. I know. I feel uh Things are constantly in flux for that. But um, I and I never thought I'd be this way, but I am very interested, I think, in entrepreneurship after this startup opportunity. What a great learning Um, experience. Oh, yeah. And I know that there's clearly like a lot I need to learn before that. And we discussed yesterday, too. There's quite a lot that goes into that. Um, But also, too, I know I've been really blessed at SpyCloud for such a good like startup opportunity. Um, So we'll see. So that's something I'm definitely interested in. I'm 
in love with the cybersecurity industry. And so just continuing to learn more and more about that and be as specialized and uh, know as much as yeah. I can would be really cool. Uh, but yeah, I, Lord knows. <laughs> do you have social profiles? Like social media yeah. stuff? Oh, yeah. No, I do. I have a Facebook and an Instagram and So Snapchat, even though you're in cybersecurity, you're like, yes. it's all right. Yes. I'll let a few bots add me here and there. Exactly. Well, so like <laughs> I'm really good, I think, at um, like knowing that kind of stuff. And it's actually funny. One of my friends was on like a dating app the other day and she was talking to this guy and she was like this is really odd like he lives in texas but he's like talking very weird like it's not like he doesn't really speak english and he says he's from australia but that also doesn't make sense and i was like you are talking to a nigerian prince which is like a very common phishing like scam and but i was able to like pick it out so i felt very and i a hundred percent i really believe that that's what it was but so with that being said i do have social media profiles but i'm very um particular i guess like on facebook if i don't know you like even if i know someone who knows you if i don't know you then you just sit in limbo for a while yeah yeah Yeah. i know how that goes so yeah i'm just particular about it uh people that want to reach out to connect with you further where where should they connect with you online or email what's best for you yeah um i've got a linkedin profile so like you have people want to add me on there what's your linkedin Um, is olivia frit my last name is f-r-y-t um and I'm trying to think y'all can email me too at Olivia at spycloud.com and we can go further from there. Right. Probably the best. Yeah. Two options. What's what's your favorite book? Oh, my goodness. I think so. I'm stuck between two. Um, and there's one called The Shadow of the Wind, which Ooh, is by. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. It is uh, by this Spanish author. And I can't remember his name, but it was translated from Spanish. And um, it's kind of like a mystery so I won't give too much away but essentially um this little boy picks out a book from this like cemetery of books which is just like a library of all these like kind of forgotten books um by this mysterious author named Julian Carax and um reads it and falls in love with it and like needs to find out more information about the author you know needs to find more books and so it's kind of like his journey doing that which is so cool and then um and it really it's a fabulous book and then the other one that i love is um was it called the solitaire mystery and i can't remember who wrote that either but i know that the author's a philosopher and that's also just a really cool story about um this father and son duo and they're going to look for the son's mom yeah in around europe somewhere and um at one point this little boy is given like a sticky bun and he finds that there's a little book inside the sticky bun yeah and then he reads the book and there's really like the book tells a tale that kind of mirrors what's going on in his life yeah and it's real that's a really cool thing too that's a bit of a mystery too but oh the great books i love it and your favorite productivity tool or software app oh gosh um aside from spy cloud of course oh right see that's my go-to one thing recently that i've been hooked on that um my coworker told me about is called hooks and it's an app just like with a bunch of rss feeds yeah and so it's really like because i'm not like a TV person really yeah. or like a news person. Right. Um, and so I just go ahead and I can like subscribe to different RSS feeds right. or like news feeds that I yeah. want and it will just like anytime a new article 
is posted will like pop up just with the article title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if it's something I'm interested in, I can like go to the article and read it. Right. Otherwise, I like at least stay in the loop. Yeah. And so I like not only use that for work, but even just like celebrity gossip. You know, like that's. <laughs> and is it? It's H O O K Z or K S. It is normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just I mean, I always assume in no, the right, tech you know, world it must be like H A U like. KZ or yeah really cool Olivia thank you so much for hanging out with the Women in Tech podcast thank you've been you. lovely this has been so fun it's so fun <laughs> oh this is so cool if you want to connect with more incredible women in tech be sure to go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com that's womenintechvip.com or say hello on the social channels at Women in Tech Show on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. Maybe you'll even get one of the Women in Tech stickers. I will see you guys, talk to you guys, hear you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye. This is Olivia Fritt, cybersecurity researcher and intelligence analyst at SpyCloud in Austin, Texas. We're protecting your employee and customer information from breaches and account takeover attacks. And you're listening to Women in Tech. Impact Hub here in Austin, Texas has been our home. We want to give a huge thanks to making it possible for us to comfortably meet and interview several inspiring women in tech. They have the most collaborative workspace, incredible events, beautiful design, a hammock in their backyard. What? It's an incredible space. You have to check it out if you're in Austin. Thank you so much for being a part of the Women in Tech journey. Be sure to go to impacthubaustin.com to get your free day of co-working. I want to give a huge thanks to the team at SpyCloud. SpyCloud protects your employee and customer information from breaches and account takeovers. Try SpyCloud's early warning breach detection platform. SpyCloud made it possible for us to meet with several women in tech here in Austin, Texas, and I am so thankful that they have been part of the Women in Tech podcast journey. Get protected today by going to spycloud.com. That's S-P-Y-C-L-O-U-D.com. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.